You're listening to Work in Progress. I'm Ramona Schindelheim, Editor-in-Chief of Working Nation. Work in Progress explores the rapidly changing workplace through conversations with innovators, educators, and decision makers, people with solutions to today's workforce challenges. Last month, during the Aspen Ideas Festival, I collaborated with the Aspen Institute on an interview on the importance of increasing financial mobility and security for low-wage workers. Here's that conversation. Welcome to Aspen Ignites, Conversations to Build a Better World, a series from the Aspen Institute that brings together thoughtful people with diverse backgrounds and points of view. In this episode, the topic is the future of wealth with Joanna Smith-Romani, co-executive director of the Aspen Institute's Financial Security Program. She speaks with Ramona Schindelheim, editor-in-chief of Working Nation. Joanna, thank you for sitting down with me to talk about this very important subject. I am excited. I could talk about wealth and building wealth and inclusive wealth all day long. Well, let's get to the heart of it. Sure. Bottom 50% of the population holds just 3% of the nation's wealth. That's right. Why are you optimistic that we can increase that? We have the willpower. We have the investment. We have the focus to increase that tenfold. Well, I start with we have the solutions. So about 50% only of 3% of the wealth, but there still is a lot of wealth in the U.S. And so we can examine where it came from and how other people built it and what worked for them and really start from there. We're not starting from a place of no wealth for anyone. The problem is we don't have enough wealth for most people. And what's the collective solution? What are the steps that we need to take to get there? Well, I'll say I think the reason we haven't made enough progress on this in our country is because folks have been looking for the collect- like the solution, the single thing. Could we just focus on housing? Should we just focus on retirement accounts? Is it just getting everyone through college? And the reality is, and the reason our report that came out couldn't be the 25 pages we wanted, but is actually 60 pages, is because we have to respect the complexity of it. And frankly, that is what it is, that there isn't one solution, that there's a set of systems that are interacting in our country that either build wealth or don't allow wealth to build. And so we have to look at all of them together and figure out both the private sector solutions and the public sector solutions that all together at one time form this like cocktail that can do something bigger than we've done before. And the solution for everyone is different. That's so right. you don't, your circumstances may be different than mine. So you have to meet people where they are. I think that's right. And also there are different solutions at different generations. Okay. So in our country, we haven't done much around what is the startup capital for life? What do we need to have for kind of every baby in this country when they are born? The thing about wealth is that you need time horizon. And so if we want to really build wealth in this country inclusively and get to our 10x goal, we have to think about what do babies need? How can we take advantage of their lifetime? to get them more money. That's different than what two youth and young adults need, who's 18 to 25 and where they are in their life cycle versus someone who's in their 40s and maybe hasn't had enough chance to save for retirement yet, but is facing you know, the second half of their life. So it's both that people need different things in different times, and frankly, different systems have affected different people by gender, by race, by ethnicity, by geography differently. And so we have to make sure we are accounting for that in the solution set. Do you want to give me a suggestion on one of, one of those solutions? Let's start with that baby. Yeah. So someone is born. How do you start them on that pathway to success? 
Well, one of the ideas that we put in our report, and that's actually getting a lot of popularity in the country, so it's most certainly not our idea, but we're trying to document it, get excitement for it, showcase the leaders that are doing the work on it, is around what we call you know, startup capital, you can think about it as baby bonds. So every child that is born gets from essentially the government, some kind of market-based account with some kind of money to start with. And if you're a family that comes from less money than other families, then you get even more. And that money then again has the benefit of the market, which I started by saying, there is wealth in this country and we know how to build it. A lot of that is in the capital markets. So let's get money for all babies in our country in the capital markets and then watch it grow over time. And is that a coalition of like government, private wealth, nonprofits? How do you fund that? How do you actually do that? Right. Yeah. So that's, <laughs> that's the big question. Yeah. How do you fund it? The really neat thing about this idea is it has to be a public-private partnership. So it is the private sector that manages wealth and manages wealth exceptionally well. So we wouldn't need the government to manage these investment accounts. We want that to be done by all the wealth management companies in the country. But we do need to subsidize it. So a role for the government that makes sense is how do we get money, especially to the kids who are born into families that don't have a ton, to seed these accounts and get them going. And then let's let the private sector do what they do best, which is make that money grow into money. What about like that young person who's thinking about, you know, we talk at Working Nation a lot about yeah. career pathways. Yeah. How do you get them on that right pathway? How do you make sure the funds are there, the finances there to right. give them that security? So in our country, when you are like 18 to 25, your job should be to invest in yourself. And that means either you know traditional college, it could be a training program, apprenticeship, vocational school. There are lots of options, right? But the reality is, as a country, we have to say, whichever option is yours, we are going to support you doing that. We're going to sort of like bubble wrap you and insulate you so you have what you need. So that could be everything from ensuring that our public benefit system provides the basic needs for students who are studying. It also means making sure there's housing subsidies so they can live stably and like know they have a home to go to to study in and then get to class the next day. The biggest part is that they need non-labor income. So what is hardest for students, especially students from lower income families, is that they're co-earners in their household. And so for them, the cost of not working doesn't just impact them when they're going to school, but it impacts their whole family. So they need other kinds of non-labor support, sort of like we have decided as a country that when you are retired, when you reach a certain age, we'll pay for you. Like you put money into the you know, social security system, but essentially we'll let you be retired. That's your job. Some states like Washington have said, okay, when you have a baby, your job for the next set of months is to take care of that baby. And we will pay you to do that, right? Through parental leave policies of the state funds. We also need a similar version for young people that says, okay, to invest in our country, to have the kind of workforce we need, we need every 18 to 25 year old to have all of the resources they need, including like a non-labor income source, like a guaranteed income, so that they're doing the thing we need them to do for our country. That also helps in the time part of it. Right. Because a lot of kids, as you say, they're helping their families. Right. They don't have the time to they invest time. in their careers. That's exactly right. And back to my original example of we kind of know how to get this done. Young people from families that have private wealth, this is what they get. They get housing paid for, they know they have food, their education is paid for, and they get money from their parents or grandparents to make it happen. So this isn't such a like crazy idea, but it's just how do we facilitate it for kids who don't come from private wealth? Do you think there is a, an important role in home ownership in this? 
Absolutely. I mean, that's been one of the foundational assets in this country, partly because it provides stable housing and a place to live. And like we all need shelter and we need it to be in safe, stable places. But over time, it has shown to increase value. So that that is a big part. And that is, though, not the only way to gain wealth in this country and in the, you know, Back in the days where we were like, there's only one way to do it and let's focus all on housing. That's where we saw problems in people's kind of wealth portfolio. I saw another stat that 55% of the people in this country could not afford a shock to their income because they don't have the savings That's to right. make up for it. Is that mostly in the communities of color or is it universal for people in low income? You know, it's actually a pretty main street problem right now. Over half of our country does not have regular positive cash flow, which means monthly they are not always kind of in the green, they're in the red <laughs> or in the black, in the red. And that is across income distribution. So, it, but it is harder felt when you have less other resources or credit lines or other wealth that you can leverage and draw on. You're very optimistic that we can get this. Totally. Point, which is fabulous. So tell me some solutions that are already happening or some organizations, people that are making this happen already. Yeah, so there's so much happening in, especially the capital market space, trying to think about how do we democratize access to where money is really being made in this country. Thinking about kind of micro accounts or where you're putting in small amounts towards bigger investments is one area that we're really excited about. Work that's especially being done, research on do we understand why, for example, Black women in this country invest less in the markets than other people? And what do we have to do in account, like in product design, in who the providers are? Is distrust or? It's a whole range of things. Yeah. I think it's distrust. It's lack of familiarity from historically families not being in it. It's lack of access. You know, the way most people in this country have access to the markets is through their retirement account at work but not every work provides that retirement account. So there's a range of issues there, but it is problematic because we will not make progress towards 10Xing the wealth of the bottom 50% of Americans if people will not put their money into the market. And who leads this movement? Because it has to be a movement. It can't. It it's has a campaign. To be a That's right. It it's all of us. Yeah. It totally is. Well, in our paper, we actually invite everyone in because we know what we know, but we only know that because of the leaders out there that have been working with us on what are the solutions, what are the objectives, even what is this goal? Should it be 10x? So it's it's all sectors and it's kind of even all cross sectors. If you care about education and you want to see young people get through not just, you know, eighth grade, 12th grade, but college and have jobs that bring them real financial security and joy in their life, then you need to care about financial security. If you care about making progress on food insecurity or hunger, then you care about financial security, right? It is undergirding kind of all of our country's biggest problems. The, the word you used, undergirding of our, kind of our society. Yeah. I think it's an important idea that if we don't do this, we have people who will just keep falling further and further behind. Yeah. And they're never going to catch up to those of us who might have that money. That's exactly right. I mean, we're, we're losing, if not lost, our middle class in our country. And that's not really about income. That's about the combination of income and wealth. And that isn't just actually about individual thriving and prosperity. That's actually about our country's foundations and our democracy. So these issues are bigger. I mean, I certainly care about, truly, like every child getting the opportunity my children get and that we are losing creativity, scientific, innovation, talent, like all the, all the things that make our country our country by not having everyone thrive. 
But ultimately, we're about to destroy our own country and the democracy that we feel is important and gives us all the you know, rights and benefits we have if we don't do something about this problem. We always talk about the American dream in yeah. this country, and it's always been to like take your family to a step yeah. beyond beyond your, your where you came own. from, right? Yes, yeah. exactly. So it seems that this would really be go a long way to help make that American dream happen for yeah. all these people again. I mean, it has to. We have to come up with a way where there's more intergenerational wealth for more people, and, and we can't. By the way, and we can. People in this I country are doing it. I know. Well. well yes. I am sort of always optimistic about things, but I am particularly about this because the research we've done, the solutions that are already being tested and out there, the resources we have in this country and the kind of like creative brains caring about this, I mean, there's, there's no way but to solve it. How do we get the word out there that there are opportunities for people, not just job opportunities, but right. opportunities to thrive? I believe we will make progress on this because there's a more diverse set of innovators caring about it. And so the work that our team has done to really try to like, we're like investigators, right? Like unearth who are the crazy cool people that could be doing anything else in the world and making a ton of money, but care about this and are working on it are much more diverse than they've ever been um, and represent in different ways folks that have been left behind in the history of our country and been harmed by systems. That will change by de facto, frankly, that these innovations, policies, products are more meaningful and make more sense for their communities. And it means that more people will use them. I love that answer because I think that is it. Bringing in diverse thought, yeah, people from diverse culture increases our reach on, on yeah. all of this. And I'll just say overall in our country, I mean, our work at the Financial Security Program and our hope ultimately is that people recognize, not so that like they care about the thing I care about, because it matters that this issue of wealth inequality in financial insecurity in our country is like the same kind of issue and urgency as climate change and climate issues and adaptation in our country. And in fact, they are intersecting and interacting, right? But these are the things to solve right now. And if we did, we would cascade into some of the other really big challenges that we see around education, around poverty, around hunger, around our government, around democracy, around, you know, active citizen participation. These are the things that we've got to deal with first, and then we will have other benefits as a result. They're all interconnected. They're all, I mean, truly, they're all, there's, that's why there's no one solution. It's the cocktail. Thank you, Joanna. Thank you so much. Was this great, was fantastic. It was great talking to you. Great talking to you too. That was my conversation with Joanna Smith-Romani of the Aspen Institute last month during the Aspen Ideas Festival. I'm Ramona Schindelheim, Editor-in-Chief of Working Nation. Thank you for listening.